What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows Podcast. A special episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows Podcast, if you will. Uh, very little fantasy involved today, but there's a big game tomorrow. And we have to talk about it. It's the Super it's the Bowl. Pro Bowl. The Pro the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl. That garbage game is should never be played again. Just Lucas and Tyler hanging out with you on this Saturday. Tyler, how are we doing going into the weekend? Man, it's gonna be a good couple of days coming up, you know what I mean? I mean, tomorrow's the Super Bowl. Monday is Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to all y'all <laughs> um but yeah i mean like you said this is a little special edition not so much fantasy but so much this is more so just us delighting in the joy of football yeah we can't be a football podcast and not talk about the biggest event of the year in football that's just how it works so there's no fantasy implications here but we have to talk about the biggest game of the year in the NFL. Have to. That's the Bengals and Rams in the Super Bowl. And we're just going to jump right in there. We're going to try and make this a quick hitting episode. Uh, we're not going to try and overanalyze anything, but you'll get some of our game picks. You'll hear uh, some of the reasons why we're picking the teams that we are. Um, and, you know, we're going to build a parlay at the end of it, too, uh, because, you know, our friends at Thrive Fantasy, they, uh, they got some sweet lines out there. Uh, I think we, we we can build an easy winner this weekend. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll do that at the very end. But let's review how these teams got to the Super Bowl. And we'll start with, I think the Bengals are technically the visiting team in this game. No, the Ram. Well, the Rams are technically the visiting team, even though it's being played in That's SoFi. Right. I remember that. Yeah, stupid. But the Bengals aren't the visiting team. They're the home team, but we're going to start with them anyways. Uh, how they got to the Super Bowl. Touchdown victory over uh, Las Vegas in the first round, 20, 26-19. Nail-biter against Tennessee in the second round, 19-16, with, by the leg of Evan McPherson, the GOAT. The GOAT. Had to go to overtime to beat Kansas City, but again, saved by the leg of Evan McPherson, beating Kansas City 27-24 to championship weekend. Rams, on the other hand, absolutely demolished Arizona in the first round. 34 to 11, absolutely embarrassing uh, for the Cardinals. Beat Tampa 30 to 27, almost choked that game away. But by the arm of Matthew Stafford and the hands of Cooper Cup and a poor defensive play call by Todd Bowles, they they made it it through. (laughs) They made it through. Uh, And a great, great game, championship weekend, 20, 20 to 17, they beat San Francisco in that NFC championship game. McVeigh finally got his, his victory over Kyle Shanahan. So that's how these teams got to the Super Bowl. The line is currently Rams minus four. But now here's the thing. This is, this is normally, like I feel like four is almost too much. Like I'd rather have this just be like a 50-50 game because that's what it feels like in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. LA is 10-10. Or uh, 10, 10, 10 against the spread. Since he's 13 and 7 against the spread. Yikes. 
58% of the bets have already been placed on the Rams. Public money, if I had to guess, is probably on Cincy. It's going to be a bigger payout. Keyword, I, keyword had to guess. Had to guess. I've read two articles. Uh, well, more than two articles. I've read multiple articles. Uh, and I haven't found a consensus number on anything uh, because one of them favors the Rams uh, by a decent amount. But then the, another one, I read a Cincinnati article. It's like, oh yeah, no, 63% of the public money's on the, on the, on the Bengals. Like, what? <laughs> which what? is it? <laughs> it can't be both. <laughs> make it make sense. Check your metrics. Uh, but 58% of the bets placed are on the Rams. I won't give away my pick yet. I'll do that at the end of uh, at the end of the episode. But uh, over under on this game, 48 and a half points. I'll tell you what, I'm taking the over on that right now. Uh, I'd be willing to bet uh, this is like a 55 point game. I'm not expecting like a massive shootout, but also like I, I think these teams are going to show out a little bit. I, biggest game in the year. Both have great quarterbacks. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. So. With that, let's talk about the game a little bit. But before we do, before we do, Tyler, I want to play a game. I love games. I love games. We're, we're going to do a blind resume. You're going to tell me which quarterback is which. I'm going to give you their stat lines throughout the playoffs. You're going to tell me which quarterback is which. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> the, uh, some of these stats might give it away, though. Oh, well. Uh, Super wildcard weekend. This quarterback... Threw for 244 yards, two touchdowns, had a QBR of 62.7. Then the divisional round, threw for 348 yards, zero touchdowns, 28.2 QBR. Then the divisional championship, threw for 250 yards, two touchdowns, a pick, and a 54.9 QBR. Which quarterback is that? I'm going to say that was Matthew Stafford. That was Joe Burrow. Oh, no. That was Joe Burrow. That was Joe Burrow. Here's Stafford. Stafford was 202 for two touchdowns and an 82.7 QBR in Super Wildcard round. Also helped only through 17 passes that game because the defense dominated. But... Uh, divisional round threw for 366, two touchdowns in a 67.7 QBR. Divisional championship, 337 yards, two touchdowns, a pick in a 61.9 QBR. Matthew Stafford has been the better quarterback in the playoffs, yet everybody is talking about how nasty Joe Burrow is. I don't understand it. It's the media. The media just loves the, uh, the, I'm not going to say the underdog, but they love the uh, the moxie. They love the it's swagger. Yes, Matthew Stafford. I don't understand where like like Joe Burrow is likable. I love the dude. The dude is hmm. so much fun to to like his game day like, game day fit last week. Oh, that was so much fun. But everyone's so quick. Top five, top four. Get out of here. Miss PFF, me with all of that. PFF put him as the second best player between both teams in the Super Bowl. Just look at their stats. It's not close. Stafford has been the better quarterback. Yet all we can do is talk about how great Joe Burrow has been. And I can't help, but, oh, that's, that's one of the main things I, we need to talk about 
is the Stafford versus Burrow in the Super Bowl. Who's the better quarterback in the Super Bowl? I'm going to ask you that. And, and this doesn't have to be like a, like, who's your top 10 quarterbacks and make your case. But like right now, in this moment, based on how they've both been playing this postseason, who in your mind is the better quarterback in this game? Recency bias says Stafford, right? Just because of the stats that you read off. Right. But I, I still, I, stats aside, Stafford is the better quarterback. If it comes down to a quarterback making a throw in, clut, in, in the clutch, I want Stafford over Burrow. And not and I'm not I'm not saying Burrow has played bad or average or anything like that. What we're comparing is good versus great. Yes. Burrow has been good, but Stafford has been great in this in the playoffs so far. Yes. That 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 is exactly it. I also I also think Stafford is the better quarterback in this game because he has the better coach. He has the coach who's been here before. He has the coach who, goodness, I that offense runs through Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. That Bengals offense runs through Joe Mixon. I would say it's more of a balance, but Cincinnati wants to beat you on the ground first before they want to let Joe Burrow sling at 450 yards, right? Yet everybody is Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Shasty, Joe Burr, Joey Burr. I, Joe Burrow is so likable. This isn't a hate rant on the guy, but you have to put things into perspective here. You have to look at the numbers. Cincy, they could have easily lost round one. They could have. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. They could have lost round one. They almost did if they weren't saved by a questionable botched call by the referees. I'm going to say. Anyways, we need to move on from that before I get even more heated. Maybe the big thing we need, do need to talk about, though, is this battle is going to be won in the trenches. Right? Joe Burrow versus the Titans. You recall how many sacks he took that game? If I recall correctly, it was nine sacks. That dude nine took sacks. nine sacks that game. How do you compare this Rams D-line to that Tennessee D-line? Sorry, sorry, Joe. This Rams D-line is 10 times better than the Tennessee defensive line. I think the Tennessee D-line is coached and schemed significantly uh, they're coached significantly well. Uh, I'm sorry, Aaron Donald and Von Miller, though, surpasses the talent on Tennessee. So how it, how how is the Bengals' offensive line going to fare? Give me give me give me your thoughts and analysis on this. See, I think when I look back on the games that the Bengals have played, they've taken significantly less shots downfield. Yep. 
because they realize the offensive line is the weakness in that offense. And it's worked out well. I mean, Mixon has popped off a couple of runs. But again, that that could be chopped up to scheme just because, I don't know, you get offensive linemen moving. Typically, it's going to work out in your favor, like nine times out of ten. Yep. So this offensive line is going to struggle. It's going to struggle against the Rams. I mean, I'll list them off right now. Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Vaughn Miller. They're getting Sebastian Joseph Day, who's their nose tackle back. Yep. And there's um, there's another defensive lineman that is shown out a little bit in the playoffs. I don't remember his name, and it's going to bother me. Oh yeah, but he uh, he's young though. He's he's had some he's had some flashes. And that's is it. I don't think it's Jonah Williams. It's Greg Gaines. Greg, Greg Gaines. Gaines. Greg Gaines, yes. Their defensive line, plus their linebackers, I mean, by no means are their linebackers flashy or anything, but they do the job, right? They do the job. There's <sighs> Maybe the best way to say it is this. The Rams' defense should not allow more than three scores to this Bengals team. But this game will finish like in the thirties. It will. It will. And so the other thing, so the, the counter argument to like the Joe Burrow took nine sacks versus the Titans is that he went for 348 yards that game still, but that's Tennessee's weakness in the secondary. You can attack them on the perimeter. Uh, You want to know who, I don't know. Maybe they'll put him out in the perimeter. But the Rams have Jalen Ramsey. They have uh, uh, who's gosh, who's their uh, second corner? Uh, remind me, golly, Darius something. Oh gosh, I should have put this up. name down because yep. Is it Darius Williams? Darius Williams. He's been great. Darius Williams has been great too. Like he's no mm-hmm. slouch. He's better than you know Tennessee's cornerback one, right? And he's the Rams is cornerback too. Like you're going to have to beat this team on the ground. I, I just, I don't, which is maybe what favors Cincy someone in this game, but I, I don't want to, you're going to have to develop the passing game somehow with that offensive line versus Aaron Donald versus Von Miller. Having those two on the outside. I, I don't know. I just, there's not a lot that favors Cincinnati in this game. Well, I mean, maybe the way to look at it is maybe on the flip side of it, where you look at the Rams O-line versus the Cincinnati defensive line. Right. Trey Hendrickson. That's true. He, he's been a stud. He's been a stud. He's been guess great. who his matchup is? It's Andrew Whitworth. Whitworth, yeah. Yep. So that, that pretty much takes out Hendrickson for, I don't know, a good chunk of the game, right? Right. Everywhere else, the defensive line has stepped up for Cincinnati. But one of the biggest strengths of the Rams has been their interior all year. That's why Cam Akers, that's why Sony Michelle, that's why Daryl Henderson had the season. I guess I can't include Akers because it's just been playoffs. But regardless. Regardless. The running game has done much, much, much better because the interior of the the interior of their offensive line has stepped up big time. 
So maybe instead of looking at it as how does Cincinnati overcome St. Louis's offensive line, you answer by because St. or because LA's offensive line can shut down Cincinnati's defensive line. And that's where the defense starts for Cincinnati is their defensive line. Right. Dave, I mean, don't get me wrong. Their secondaries look good the past couple of weeks too. I mean, you don't just hold Patrick Mahomes to what? Three points in, in, uh, in the second, the second half, half of a game. You don't just do that by, like, by not playing defense, by sucking on defense, right? Like, their secondary has been good, but at the same time, uh, you're right. Their, their defense starts at the D line. I a hundred percent agree with you there, but there's one matchup we really haven't talked about yet. And it's really the last matchup I think I want to talk about. Cause again, we want to keep this quick hitting. We want to keep this short. We have to talk. We have to talk about this and I'm just going to give you this, this whole section. I'm just going to let you lay out your thoughts I'm going to let you lay out your, your analysis. Eli Apple's been doing a lot of talking. He's been gabbing quite a bit. Now he, now he gets Cooper Cup, who has demolished every matchup this year. I, just, just take it away. Give me, give, me, give me all your thoughts on that and how that fares in this game. I'll start off with saying that Eli Apple has not had the greatest of careers in the NFL. Drafted by the Giants in the first round, and I'm pretty sure as the number 11 pick in that draft, 10th overall. Ahead of 28 future Pro Bowlers, including two at his position. Okay. Not a great start, right? And especially it was with the Giants, and we all know about the Giants and whatnot. He then, if I'm not mistaken, takes his talents down south to the New Orleans Saints. He gets playing time there, but he's kind of overshadowed by the looks of Marshawn Lattimore, by Vaughn Bell, by Marcus Williams, by, oh, who's the other safety? Roby Coleman, or who am I thinking of? Regardless, <laughs> Eli Apple played, but he was overshadowed by like everyone. He got serious help with the Saints. Did you know that he played for the Panthers last year? I didn't, actually. That's how bad it was, because <laughs> you just didn't know that. Now he goes to the Bengals and he's kind of forced to play because their secondary went through some changes, I guess, throughout the season, right? You had, you know, Trey Waynes, Trey Waynes was on IR. You had other guys like Chidobe Awuzie. And yeah, that's how you pronounce it. I'm very <laughs> proud of that. <laughs> um, he stepped up as the, other starter across the field, but they needed a number two guy. And they picked up some guys along the way. Like they picked up Vernon Hargraves. Mm -hmm. They picked up Trey Flowers. But Eli Apple has signed at the beginning of the season, so they just had to give Eli Apple a shot. And to put it simply, 
average to below average. Like he was not. Here's I'll finish it right here. He had one taste of success, one good game against the Chiefs because he stopped Tyree Kill on a horrible play call by Andy Reid and Airbnb on the goal line. One big play. That was, and that play should have never happened. It should have, should have just never taken happened. Three. And then he talked all big after the game. Dog. It's really easy to stop a very fast guy, but guess what? When you got a route runner like Cooper Cup next, night night sleep tight to Eli Apple. Have fun. Have Cooper. How many yards does Cooper Cup put up in this game? One hundred thirty <laughs> plus. I'll just say one hundred twenty plus. I. Eli Apple, shoot, shoot me. You got my number. Shoot me a text. I'll buy you tickets to the Super Bowl, Tyreek. Oh, <laughs> I, if I were I mean, Tyreek, I would have, I would have, I would have found that man's address and yeah. I would have taken it to his face. That's what I would have done. I mean, worst case scenario, right? Let's say Cincinnati puts a Wozier on Cooper Cup for the rest of the game because he's been the better corner between the two all year long. You have to go up against Odell. Yeah, that, it's not like Odell. that assignment's any easier. right assignments no easier so no matter where you go eli apple if you're listening just beware you're gonna get rocked you're gonna get torched you're gonna get blasted because you got your toughest matchup all year in the biggest game of the year in the biggest game of the year in a spot nobody in your franchise has ever been It's going to be ugly, but for every other football fan, that's just like, why is he talking? Why is he talking? We're all just going to laugh. Yeah, We're all just going to laugh. We're all just going to laugh. All right. Make your pick. Rams, Bengals. Not based on the spread. Win outright. Who do you think is going to win outright? I've asked this question to so many people. Who do I want to win or who do I think will win? Who do you think will win? Don't, don't give me, don't, I, I know what you're going to say for who you think is going to win. Don't be that guy. Cause I have a rant coming on that. Don't be that guy. <laughs> uh, give me the Rams. Good. You're not that guy because <laughs> I have listened to far too many podcasts, far too many analysts who have been saying, yeah, the Rams match up excellently with the Bengals. They, they, out, they outmatch them in almost every single way. Oh, but that's the reason why I'm picking the Bengals because everything is lined up too perfectly for the Rams. Your job isn't, your job isn't to give me some BS answer like that. Oh, because everything lines up perfectly. You know what? Yeah, I'm on the Bengals, actually. I don't know. I had no reason other than the Rams match up perfectly. Don't pick your – you pick the Rams then. Your, your job as an analyst is to give me an answer based on your analysis and saying, well, you know what, things line up perfectly. But the Bengals, I can't bet against the Bengals. I, if I could throw these headphones across the room right now, I would. 
we're Rams. not terrible. We're not terribly happy with NFL Network, with CBS Sports, with ESPN. All y'all are hypocrites. <laughs> I just. If the matchup is better for one team, be logical. Pick them be to logical. win. Like, I, I haven't seen Joe Burrow be that guy. He's won games. That's why I started this section with Joe Burrow versus Matthew Stafford. To show you that Joe Burrow hasn't. Nobody's talking about Matthew Stafford. He's been great. Aaron Joe Burrow, he's that guy. He's winning. He got this Bengals team there. He's played well enough to get this Bengals team there. He has. He hasn't been that guy, though. Not, not as much as Matthew Stafford has been. Give me the Rams. And you know what? And if we are betting the spread, I'm taking the Rams. Minus four. Give me the Bengals plus four. I can plus understand four. that. I can understand because, that. Because the final score will be it's going to be a Rams, field goal. The Rams will be winning this game 34-31, just like the Simpsons predicted, <sighs> and meaning that FanDuel Sportsbook has to pay out at least $40 million to the people because of all the money that is on 34-31. I, like, I kind of want to see that happen. Like I like I like I just want to see social media blow up afterwards because of that. As as long as the Rams win, and that's the final score, I'll be happy. That's fine. That's if fine. it's the other way around, I'm going to be so disappointed. <laughs> Let's move on to some player props for this game. You know what, Tyler? We're just going to build a parlay live on the podcast here. I love before, it before it even goes out on our TikTok. Before it goes out anywhere else. We're going to build a parlay on Thrive Fantasy, and we love our friends over at Thrive. Uh, Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app that allows you uh, to build a, um, a fantasy lineup entirely based on player props. So uh, you enter into their contest. They give you lines to choose over or unders on. Each over or under is assigned a specific amount of points based on the likelihood that each over or under is likely to happen. So Cooper Cup's line is over or under a hundred and a half yards, right? I, I don't know if that's actually what it is in their, in their uh, $100,000 contest, but say it is, right? That over is probably going to be assigned. Well, here, I can actually tell you what his line is in the contest. His it's line- 110 in the contest. 110 yards in the contest. And that over under is split at 50-50. 100 points for over, 100 points for under. If you guess that correctly, you rack, you get those points. Your goal is to rack up as many points as possible to take home a share of the prize pool. They also have house props for you to create parlays off of as well, which is exactly what we'll be doing. Uh, Thrive Fantasy, you can sign up with the promo code FELLAS, F-E-L-L-A-S. You can head on over to our social media, find the link to Thrive Fantasy in any of our social media bios. Again, promo code FELLAS there. All right, we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, there's, there is a, a prop I want to build our entire parlay around. I shouldn't say not build around. The one prop we need to include from Thrive is the Evan McPherson prop. It's free money. 
<laughs> literally, literally free money. It is unless if the Bengals score zero points or two points, they get a safety. Evan McPherson is going to kick a field goal. He's going to kick a PAT. His player prop on Thrive Fantasy right now is half of a point scored. So he literally just has to put the ball to the upright once. And your prop hits. So we're including that prop automatically. Automatically, we're including that prop. You're down with that. Oh, yeah. Evan McPherson, over half of a point scored, taking the over. Here's some other ones I'm looking at. I'm looking at, and I think we kind of know which ones we're going to be taking already. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to start from the top. Joe Burrow, uh, 279 passing yards. If we expect a big pass game, uh, we could. But again, I'm looking at these numbers, 244 Super Wild Card Weekend, 250 in the Divisional Championship. I mean, he had 348 in the Divisional Round. But again, like I said, I, that, that's where Tennessee is weak on the secondary. I think this Rams team is significantly better than that. So I don't know how much I like 279 and a half. 24 completions. He's gone. Uh, actually, he's gone under 24 and a half completions. Uh, Super wild card weekend. He had 24. So he would have been under divisional championship. He had 23. 10 rushing yards. Rams get enough pressure. Joey B has to scramble a little bit, except I think the thing is, he's not going to scramble. He's going to take a sack before he scrambles. So I don't know. I'm kind of out on all the Joe Burrow props. How do you feel? Agreed. Agree. Agree. Okay. Excellent. Let's get to the Joe Mixon props. I, you know what? I'm just going to cut to the chase. Joe Mixon, over 23 and a half receiving yards. What do you think about that one? There's no such thing as easy money, but this is easy. This is easy money. He's gone over that mark, I believe. In every game so far in the playoffs, I think. Yes, he has. I I'm going to Triple check that quick. I, I know he has in the three rounds of the playoffs. Uh, he went for the last five games, 27, 51, 28, 40, 70. That spans from the uh, AFC championship game all the way back to week 17. Five games straight of over 23 and a half receiving yards. Smash play for me there. So we've got McPherson. We've got Mixon. And you know what? I'm just going to put our other automatic plug and play in here because this is the guy we put in almost every single parlay when we have the opportunity to. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. 104 and a half receiving yards on Thrive Fantasy. Uh, Smashing the over on that as well. Any thoughts on that? Like, do you have anything else you want to add? <laughs> I think the only way that Cooper Cup doesn't get 100 yards is if you literally, like, line two corners up on him at all times. Because for whatever reason, the system gets him open, and he's open all the time. All the time. It's a smash play for Cooper Cup. The only reason why he didn't go over that number in the playoffs is because Matthew Stafford threw 17 passes against Arizona. <laughs> and he wanted, hey, you know what? <laughs> Near 50% of them went to Cooper Cup. <laughs> Seven targets <laughs> for 61 yards in that game. 
Uh, Stafford's thrown at least 35 passes in this game. At least. At least. Yeah, just looking at Cooper Cup's numbers from the year. Uh, smash play, 104 and a half receiving yards. I am taking the over on that. So we've got McPherson over half a point, Mixon over 23 and a half receiving yards, Cooper Cup over 104 and a half receiving yards. Tyler, what are you thinking for our last leg here? We've got a lot of players that have tempting lines in my eyes. Well, let me give you three and you okay. choose from the three. Okay, I'll rank them. And then you have to rank them then too. And we have to come to a conclusion. Okay, okay. Prop number one, Odell Beckham at 63 and a half receiving yards. I love that line. I really do. Number two, Cam Akers at 63 and a half rushing yards. Okay. And number three, Matthew Stafford. At 24 and a half completions. And I literally just said he's going to throw the ball 35 times in this game. Exactly. So nobody else on the Bengals really sticks out to you. I've, no. I've, I've given T Higgins the side eye at 70 and a half receiving yards. I've considered that. Actually, I do have a parlay already made with the T Higgins line. <laughs> um, but that was just me just betting on a shootout. So, um, Look, uh, I've every time I've put money on Odell this year, he's burned me. Mm. 113 last week, 69 the week prior, 54 against Arizona. And again, that was the game where Matthew Stafford only threw the ball 17 times. But Acres, Acres is the one. <laughs> That's the one I'm stuck on because I, I like Odell over Stafford. Now it's a question of how much do I like Acres? Acres in his last three games, which have all been in the playoffs, 48 yards, 48 yards, 55 yards. 13 attempts last week, 24 attempts against Tampa and 17 against Arizona. And I'll tell you what, I bet he only gets... 16 to 18 touches in this game. Is Sean McVay going to do something super kooky though? Like he did against the Patriots in the one Super Bowl where he's just like, you know what? We're just going to run the ball until like, I just, we, we just forget how to, <laughs> but none of it's going to be with Todd Gurley. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's all going to be with CJ Anderson. <laughs> Gosh, dude. You know what Here's I mean? A, so maybe, so yeah. maybe that's the argument for taking the cam makers under is that even though he's been super volatile uh, so far in the play, has been relatively disappointing for his lines. Is that just the argument to take him under 63 and a half? I think it might be. There's Not been a couple. <laughs> there's been a couple games this year where the Rams have been up and they just continue to throw the ball. Yeah. I feel like, but I, I, I also feel like that's where, like, if you're Sean McVay, right, like, you just stick to that. Like, don't even think about changing your game plan. So I'd also favor Stafford. I favors all of them, really. Well, I mean, here's the, here's the other thing to consider. 
is this going to be a high scoring game? I think so. I think it's, I, I expect it to be like a, like a Kansas city chiefs game last week. Right. I, I think it's probably going to be like a, like a 30 to 24 kind of game. Then avoid the rushing. Yeah. Right. Cause in a game like that, the one thing that gets abandoned in the second half is the rushing game. So you're thinking Cam Akers under. I would do Akers under. But that's not my favorite option out of the three. So your favorite is your favorite option actually Stafford? It is Stafford. Oh man. Let me look at his completions. Give me give me your thoughts on that. Keep going with that. Partially because of what you said, he's gonna have to throw the ball at least 35 times in a high scoring game. Let's say, I mean. Maybe the best way to look at this is if we kind of divvy up these completions and where they could possibly go. Cooper Cup is going to have like 10, 11, 12 receptions. Okay, so for sake of the argument, let's go bare minimum. He'll have 10. Odell, 7, 8, or 9. That's 7. 17 completions. Now, you add in the receivers the dump offs and all that kind of stuff. He's probably right at 23, 24. Yeah. And again, that's on the bare minimum. Yep. Are you ready for this? Give me it. Give me with it. Only two times this year has Matthew Stafford Stafford thrown for 35 passing attempts and not gone over. No psych. Uh, Let me recount. Only once this season. Matthew Stafford, twice. I did. I was correct. Oh, three times. Crap. Maybe this number isn't as great as I thought it was anymore. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. We're good. We're good. I can't count. Only once this season has Matthew Stafford <laughs> thrown the ball 35 times and not had more than 24 and a half completions. So, if I again, I'm thinking 35, 35 attempts for Stafford. Man, I, I, I maybe that 24 and a half line is really good. Yeah, 45, 45 attempts, 31 completions. 38 attempts, 28 completions. 35 attempts, 26 completions. Here's the under. 37 attempts, 21 completions. Against who? Uh, that was against uh, Minnesota. Minnesota Vikings. And that was like the one bad, I shouldn't say the one bad game he had, but that was like the one that was like, uh, Stafford needs to uh, fix something there. Yeah. Okay, I lied. There had there has been two games where Matthew oh. Stafford hasn't gone. Let me guess. The second one was against Baltimore. No, it was against Green Bay. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Against Green Bay, uh, Baltimore, he went thirty-five for twenty-six or twenty-six on thirty-five attempts. So he averages what eight or nine incompletions a game, right around there. So uh, depends. Minnesota was 16. Well, right. But. I I just see I hear the common eight or nine incompletions a game. So let's say he has 25 completions because that's what he needs to hit the over. 38 attempts. No, 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 or, no, 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 no. Math. 33 34. Attempts. 34. 33, yeah. 34, yeah. Stafford over on 24 and a half completions. All right, you talked to me into it. Matthew Stafford over on 24 and a half completions. To wrap it all out, 
Makes now sense. I'm I'm mad now because I entered a prop a parlay before the episode, and I didn't do the Stafford one. And now I'm really mad because I want to do the Stafford one now. <laughs> So to recap, Mixon over 23 and a half receiving yards. Evan McPherson, just put it through the uprights, man. Over half of a total point. Matthew Stafford over 24 and a half completions. And Cooper Cup over 104 and a half receiving yards. That is we, our Super Bowl parlay. We love the overs. We love we the overs. We love the overs. If you bet unders, you're a chicken. <laughs> just kidding. Take the camp makers under this weekend. It'll probably pay out for you. So I support that one. Tyler, any final thoughts before we close out the podcast here? Go Rams. Go, go Rams. We're Rams fans on Sunday. We're Rams fans on Sunday. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas podcast. You can find us on social media, FF Fellas on Twitter, the FF Fellas on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fellas on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Give us a follow over there. Love, love our people on TikTok. Go give Tyler a follow on Twitter as well. Tyler underscore Plath, FFF Tyler on TikTok. Uh, I am Lucas Wenzel on both Twitter and TikTok. Cameron, CamLaw317 on Twitter. Cameron Lawrence5 on TikTok. Go give us a follow. We're posting content daily on there as well. So thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows Podcast. Normally three, just spend Tyler and I a lot recently. Cameron, you got to quit taking days off, man. We're going to start cutting your pay. You've used up your vacation time already. (laughs) And we're we're not even past February yet of this year. Yeah, what the heck? Uh, Vacation clicked over January 1st. We're we're not on a a June 1st, July 1st fiscal year. We're on a January 1st fiscal year. What are you doing here, guy? Yeah. Two students being dudes. Cameron wishes he could be here. Uh, we will see you all next time. Deuces. Deuces. Deuces.